Right now, we are joined by Thomas Mulcair, because it is a Monday, and it's a Mulcair Monday. Always appreciate your insight. Welcome, sir. Good to be with you, John. You've witnessed over your career various scandals. Um, I guess my first question to you would be this. I mean, not how surprising it is, because we've had a weekend to deal with that. But is this something that John Tory could have survived? Other politicians have. I don't think he could have survived this one, not in this day and age, no. Uh, Maybe people have in the past been able to get beyond this sort of thing. This goes into the category of what were you thinking? You know, he's he's got such vast experience and he's been around for so long. He's done so many different things. And, you know, people will take the time to correctly note that he was a very good mayor. But I, I think that he came to the obvious conclusion. He just had to stop, drop and roll. Just say, OK, this is it. I, I've got to get out of here. Got to put out the fire. Yeah. Um, I, you know, in the history of scandals that you and I have witnessed over the years, I wonder where this necessarily ranks. I mean, the guy was just reelected. It was his fourth and or third and final term. He was going to do the legacy stuff, and now he's out. I think it's one of those classic things where you just wind up in your own bubble and you don't pay enough attention to the real life around you anymore. You, you know, you've been swallowed whole by the function. It's it's one of the biggest political jobs in the country. And Toronto is by far Canada's largest city. And second is, is Montreal. And Toronto's 50% larger than Montreal today. So you've got this massive undertaking. You've got very diverse views at City Hall. You've got a council that still contains a fair number of very progressive people. You've got more on the conservative side. He was a bridge builder. He was always able to talk to both sides. But now, uh, you know, we're going to have to, somebody else is going to come in and do the job. Uh, Jennifer McKelvey will be taking over for a while for the few months that it'll take to to have the full election. She might decide to run in that. Who knows? But I think that for now, uh, Tory's just going to have to do what he can to get get things ready for the budget. Will he stick around for the actual budget cycle? I think that would get a, a very uncomfortable for everybody. I think that he's got to get the papers done and, and just move on. And I don't necessarily expect you to know all the players. You're not a Torontonian, but um, this is a very, uh, what, rushed process by which people have to decide whether they're in or they're out. And I kind of recall, you know, nobody uh, was prepared for Jack Layton when he passed away. So that was a similar race where it's like somebody with a four-year time horizon in their head or an eight-year time horizon all of a sudden has to decide, what are you going to do? Yeah, and I, I knew a lot of the people on council. Some have moved on, and, and you know, Jack's son, Mike, was an outstanding counselor. You know, and so you're you're looking at the people who were there. You know, the younger ones, the Joe Cressys, but even Cressy moved along. So Wong Tam might be an interesting choice. But again, you've got to be the bridge builder type. You've got to be able to talk to all ideological sides. Theoretically, there are no parties at council, but I can guarantee you that there was a very strong NDP contingent on, on Toronto City Council, and it. it carried on into the school boards and that sort of thing. So it's a way of getting your base ignited and getting them present in in a lot of these big decision-making areas and getting everybody, you know, ready for the big elections provincially and and federally. So I think that right now we're looking at a situation where maybe a new face will come along. Over the weekend reports that the the Tory machine was getting ready to decide, you know, who would be their candidate. Yeah. You know, the, you know, Erskine Smith, who's the uh, the federal MP for Beaches, East York, you know, that's the type of person who might just say, look, I've, I've you know, never made cabinet federally. I've got a lot to offer. I've got some experience now. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll offer up uh, municipally. So this is going to be interesting to see who puts themselves forward at this stage. 
True. Might be a lot more attractive than trying to lead the provincial liberals in Ontario. Um, <laughs> no, they, they, they're doing so well that they had to reach out to the Green Party to try to find it. I know. I know. Like it's a football club. Uh, did you have any <laughs> thoughts on this business of all these unidentified flying objects that we're having to shoot down jointly now? Well, it would, it would shoot down jointly, although it's American planes that have been doing the shooting down. So Trudeau was a little bit defensive yesterday. He, you know, he went to the microphones on a Sunday, which is unusual and rare, to essentially say, it was my idea. I told Biden to shoot them down, which is interesting because it was over Canadian airspace. And of course, he pleaded correctly that this is a, NATO, a, a NORAD, North American Air Defense. So this is something we've been part of with the Americans for generations now. But at the same time, they brought back, John, all of the failings with regard to equipment for our, our tremendous people who serve in the Canadian military. So we know now that we finally, so when I ran against Trudeau in 2015, Trudeau said, I will never buy the F-35. That's off the table. That'll never be our fighter. And into his eighth year, he said, well, you know what? Now that I think about it, we're buying F-35s. So in the meantime, as Australia, which was way ahead, they'd already ordered and were receiving and flying their F-35s. Well, they were getting rid of their F-18s. So we said, well, we'll buy those as junkers. When we gave four Leopard 2 tanks to Ukraine a couple of weeks ago, people learned that those tanks were actually used tanks that we had bought from the Netherlands. So we see an F-22 scramble from the United States, and Trudeau was scrambling to get in front of the microphones and say, me too, me too, you know, I, I was part of this decision. And the average Canadian is saying, yeah, we learned that of the 23 Cyclone helicopters that we have, 21 of them have cracks in the fuselage and they had to be grounded. And it's not fair for the people who devote their lives to our military service to continue giving them inadequate equipment. And this is, again, something that the average Canadian can see now. Thomas, always a pleasure on a Monday morning. Great. Thank All you. All the best, John. Take care.